Good afternoon and welcome to Chris and Sarah Wear the Pants. That really was one of the most formal and abrupt starts we've ever... What is this, like, ABC News? I don't even know what I'm doing it for, but I just... Sometimes I like to mix it up. But also, I love that every time we hit record, there's just this moment of, like, do we start? I know. It's... I. Do you remember races at school and the adrenaline you'd get? Like, for me, it was the swimming race up on the blocks. Oh, but you were good at swimming, weren't no, you? No, well, I was okay. I always came second. There was this one woman, Michelle, she's fucking beast she was so fast but um do you remember being up on the blocks at the swimming carnival oh i i i was a terrible swimmer so i never like there was you no didn't st- have the rush of adrenaline there was no stakes in it for me i mean i was scared because i didn't want to fail in front of the whole yeah. school but it wasn't like a it wasn't a love or investment in the art of swimming no but even so i think the the swimming race has to be one of the scariest like most adrenaline inc- inducing race starts mm. don't you reckon i remember one of my <laughs> The only memory I have from the school swimming carnival is there was like a race or whatever. Like, you know, it was always done at the local town pool and like yeah. your mum would give you some gold coins to get hot chippies yes. at lunch. I think we all had the same job. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, but I just remember a kid was like quite – was struggling. Um, there is a plane flying overhead that's heading off to Singapore, I think, <laughs> judging on the direction. Um uh, but there was, and the kid was like, I wouldn't describe it as drowning, but definitely like struggling. <laughs> and so a teacher just fully clothed, just dove straight into the pool and oh rescued them. God. And she was a really like chic, well-styled teacher. And I, just, I was so impressed by the whole thing. I was like, wow. Yeah. Mm. Just threw everything on the line to, yeah. um, to save this kid but that was probably was, just a bad swimmer. It, it was pre-phones because now whenever anyone gets pushed in a pool, I'm like, your phone's in your pocket. Yeah. Mm, it's oh, not fun anymore. I, I've dropped so many things in the pool. Really? I, I used to live with a pool, right? Mm. And once uh, – I, I can't. I just don't deserve good things sometimes, Sarah. Like, you know those <laughs> ear pods, the earbud things that you put in your ear for listening to stuff? Do you mean like AirPods? Yes, but yep. except not that brand, you mm. know. Oh, earpods. Earpods, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the lesser known. Yeah. Um, I once left a pair of them in my shorts and washed them. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. Then I was shaking the shorts out to hang them up on the line and I heard this bang and it was one of my earbuds glistening at me from the bottom of the pool. So the weird thing is the one that just went through the wash, fine, but the one that was in the bottom of the pool, no. And so now to this day I have a mismatched pair because I'd already killed one ear pod um, and I just luckily could match them up and – Oh, so like so it was you, my second pair that I'd fucked up. You destroyed complementary sides. Correct. Okay, well that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that works out well. It's amazing. It's yeah. it's probably the luckiest I've been in my yeah. life. <laughs> you ought to buy a silver lottery ticket. Yeah. Oh um, my god. But yeah, the start of this podcast, like it's not that level of um, terrifying, inducing, you know, like It's adrenaline. two of us sitting in a room. We do it all the time. It is, but it's funny. It's still a weird thing to start. Mm. Um Hello, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. I've got my coffee. I had a great cakey from you today. Yeah. It was like, listener, if you can possibly imagine this, and maybe you can't, it was a pain au chocolat, mm. fit almond croissant. Yes, you're saying featuring. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it was kind of like, okay, well, I was just trying to like. Okay, sorry. I just, some people are not 30, okay? okay? I'm, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was like a pan au chocolat with an almond croissant vibe. Exactly. And it was just one of the tastier things I've had in my life. Well, do you know what happened, Sarah? And perhaps this is a time for me to mention this. So I woke up this morning, mm-hmm. sun pouring in as it does to mm-hmm. my window here in Dulwich Hill. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I am going to go and make the most of Dulwich Hill and I'm going to walk to this. There's this bakery that is extraordinary in the main street and it's called, um, I think it's called like um, Baked by Kieran. Or something. I know it's a strange name, <laughs> but not, when not you the look, name at, I was expecting. I know. I, I didn't either. And I think it's. I don't know. Because th- Kieran to me is like the guy that you met studying arts at uni. So true. Mm. But I think Kieran is a Vietnamese baker. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting. Sense. I don't even. Um, but he he does extraordinary pastries and and baked goods. And I thought this is the morning I'm having a croissant. So I actually um, I had half of that one, but I also had a full on croissant by myself. Great. With jam on it and a cup of coffee. Fuck, it was good. Um, But uh, 
Yeah, it's a lovely day. It is a beautiful day. Yeah, starting to be springtime almost. I was actually walking here and I was just thinking, is it too early to say spring has indeed, as they say, almost. sprung? Well, I'm smelling jasmine in the streets mm. and that's my sign that it's things are looking up. I know spring has sprung when I feel like a silly billy. Like, you know, when it's hot oh, outside. Oh, I love that. You know, when you're hot outside and it's kind of like, I feel like being real silly. Yeah. I'm starting to feel like a silly I billy. I love that. I'm like I really... just wandering out into the night and just seeing what happens. Not enough silly billiness. Mm. Can I um, tell you a pants moment? Absolutely. Um, because I I had so much fun in the neighbourhood. Mm. Now, I, pr- I don't want to make a big deal of this, but I am moving, right? Mm-hmm. And what? Yeah, I <laughs> Imagine know. If you know. <laughs> but no one else does. But I am moving and there's reasons for that and I want to do them and it's good. Um, so I'm moving back to Canberra for a bit. And um, But I am, it's funny when you decide to leave a place, you really think, oh, fuck, I better get the best out of it. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday night I had a friend visiting from Canberra and she was like, what are we going to do? I said, let's just walk to the main street of Dulwich Hill that's a really silly billy thing to do. It's a silly billy thing to do. and No fu- plans, just vibes. Felt great. Mm-hmm. Walked to this wine and cheese bar I've always wanted to go th- mm. to for the year that I have been here. Had the most extraordinary experience. The best blue cheese I've had in my lifespan. Yum. And a salami. Oh and then the- and a mulled wine, Sarah. Then we left that establishment thinking, where will we go? Should we just go home? Silly billy. Two doors up, Butcher's Brew Bar. It's, it's it's hardly ever open. It's got a jazz um, quartet playing that night. So we walk in and have – we decide to have a couple of cocktails, pay the cover and sit down and we watched half, uh, you know, like of a performance of an entire jazz quartet. Oh, my God. And it was fucking brilliant and I felt like a proper adult from the shops. <laughs> I did. And it sounds like <laughs> such a good night. It was a good night and wandered home, right? Yeah, great. What's not to love? Absolutely. So much fun. And that was all. And you know one thing I will say? Mm. You can't do that at my local shops in Canberra. You can't? They they do not have a jazz bar. They do not have a wine and cheese bar. I'm shocked. And I'm going to miss it. They'll have an IGA. They have an IGA. Sick sick IGA bakery. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Mm. But um, by the time this comes out, you'll have moved. I will have moved. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And don't worry. All stays the same with regards to this podcast. Yep, as, as a listener, nothing will change for you. Yep. I'll just have different stories to tell down the track. Um, mm. But And also, we eventually, we will start recording remotely, Sarah, and possibly filming, as we have discussed. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were all there the last time we tried to film. We just lost oh our minds, God. so we're going to try and do it. But we'll do it, like, properly without this our time. phones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, this week, uh, as always, we're recording ahead of time, but um, the uh, Women's World Cup finished <gasps> this week. Wasn't it magnificent? And uh, as someone who is not into sport, uh, I really did get into the spirit of things. I really enjoyed watching it and I still don't know what offside is. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> but you know what? I just enjoyed the vibe. You do know what offside is. I actually don't. I, I think I do, but I don't I don't know exactly. W- what I want you to do is not explain it to me. Okay, great. Thank you so much. That's my pleasure because mm-hmm. I won't have it right anyway. <laughs> it's something about running back. It's something about like where It's you, running back. It's where you are. Mm-hmm. It's about where you are. <laughs> Actually, a sports podcast I mean, now. We've, Hi. we've changed. Yeah, I know. Um, oh man, but I got into it too. I watched it at a bar that the the semi final or whatever. It was it was, it was a like devastating it. loss for us, but also the best. But also so good. And there's now 200 million pledged for women's sport Fuck. in Australia uh, by Albo, and I just think that's good. It's changed the game forever. That's really good. And also fourth in the entire fucking world. Sick as. Is a great outcome. I honestly, I have to admit, and I did have a friend who's a massive sporto. She was a netball player from her youth and just like a champion sporto. She messaged me out of the blue, um, when we put up our, when we put up this, um, Instagram, oh. like, mm-hmm. story about, like, mm-hmm. women's sport or whatever, she's like, oh, good on you for getting on board, Chris. Because, like, I was just – she used to hassle me and be like, you got to come and see the women's mm-hmm. AFL. you got to come and see the women's mm-hmm. sport. I'm like, nah, I hate sports, not mm-hmm. gonna. And now I'm finally <laughs> joining the bandwagon. But also, did you find after five minutes of watching the game you were an expert? Totally. I was like, that was, out- that was an outrageous pass. <laughs> you know what else I found? Yeah. I was like um, – I was like – England just seemed to have more control of the ball 
<laughs> they're more in control. And also, and I, I also got really cut about all of the um, falling over and the drama in it. Like for someone who's in the arts, I get really cut when sports people get dramatic. <laughs> well, but also I was judging their performances and I was like, that was an inauthentic fall. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're going to learn how to like go to a, you've got to go to a stagecraft. Like you fell in the wrong Stay foot. in your lane. Yeah. Really. Like, Just exactly. fall or or don't fall, but don't make it a drama, please. I tuned in and out of the final, like the, the actual final between Spain and England. And there was one point where like three of them were down. I'm like, this is a circus. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, those fainting goats that fall over all together. It was kind of like that. It's but, nuts. But also I did say about the final, I messaged my dad who like actually knows what he's talking about. And I was like, it looks like Spain has like three times the number of players <laughs> Yeah, right. And then I counted them and I was like, no, no, they're the same. The same. They're just running everywhere all the time. exactly. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but fuck. Um, It was good to see all of this stuff. I enjoyed it. I I really think the whole thing was such a great experience and uh, overall 10 out of 10. Yeah, and Sydney put put on more trains and stuff and I, I saw heaps of people going to the games. Sorry, but we host events really well. Okay, great. You know, it's I think true. the Olympics was. Uh, I think I was actually reading about this in the course of the story that I did on women's sport. But I think they were initially a bit of a disaster because they underestimated public transport, oh. and immediately fixed it, and now that whole pipeline through to the Olympic Stadium is like yeah. great, except when Adele plays and has to hold the show for two hours because <laughs> people can't get there. Um, but alas, oh we digress. God. Okay, well, look, I'm glad we've had a happy time at the start because I have a fairly horrific story. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, I just wanted to say yeah. I read a really good book that wasn't sad. Oh, I'm pleased to hear it. What and was I wanted it? to. I read um, a book called uh, Lessons in Chemistry, uh, and it was so good. It's a fiction, uh, a fictional uh, retelling of a woman who is a uh, a chemist at a university uh, working towards a PhD, and she gets discriminated against for being a woman at every turn. And it is at times horrendous, but ultimately a story of overcoming adversity. Oh, we and love it's just I, lessons in chemistry. And I will tell you who it's by. Great. Um, uh, while I, uh, I'll be right back. Okay. Well, I'll do, tell you do, a little do, thing. Do, 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 and I'll put them on hold. Okay. Do, do, oh, okay. Do, 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 do. No, you go. Um, so ridiculous. I was listening to our episode that's out right now and <laughs> yeah. I have something to say about it. Mm-hmm. I think at that episode I told you that I was afraid that perhaps my um, psychologist was not registered because I wasn't getting money back from Medicare. Oh, yeah, follow-up. Yeah, I just feel like I need to answer that. Mm-hmm. Finally, I did get some refunds <sighs> from Medicare. So it's actually Medicare that have been slow as a okay. wet week. That's great. Um, and she is completely fantastic and I adore her. Okay, great. Mm. Uh, Bonnie Garmus or Gamu is the author of Lessons in Chemistry. Great. Really, I feel like the um, main character is so powerful. Like she goes through so much and is just so inspiring. And she also has a brilliant dog who's with her the entire time. Oh, a dog's going to lift a vibe in a book, I reckon. Yeah, but the dog like has a perspective in the book. Oh, clever. It's great. Really, really recommend Lessons in Chemistry. Great book. And please continue sending your recommendations through. Yeah, send us some emails. We haven't seen you for a while. ChrisandSarahWeatherPants at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a story that I found, Sarah. Great. Shall I, shall I bust into it? Let's do it. All right. This is from something called the Penny Saturday Journal, okay. and it's from the 4th of April, 1846. Wow. I know. And it's called A Short Advice to Mothers on the Management of Children. This will be great. Okay. Yeah, relevant to both It's 1846. Us. Like, mm. who do you reckon wrote this, a bloke or a woman? I reckon a bloke. Yep. Correct. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Martin, this is by Martin Bramble. We I, That's a made-up name. It, it does sound a bit. So I, I, it doesn't say what his quals are except for as you hear the story, he's obviously had some children. Um, so here we go. This is fairly horrific. Um, okay. I wish it to be understood that the following brief but important remarks are addressed to mothers only or those who have reasonable expectations of becoming so. Okay, so should we stop reading now? Yeah, I'm I'm done. Thanks, Martin, and good night. (laughs) To experience of nearly half a century and the education of our first 14 little brambles. So he's – can you believe he's calling his own children little brambles? And there's 14 of them. 14. 14. 14. All he did was bonk a woman 14 times. Little brambles. And there were 14 little brambles. Martin's so Um, cringe who might now have surrounded the parental board had they not long ago departed this life. I don't understand what this is saying. It's just sad. I, you didn't finish the sentence. I'm sorry so because it sounded sad. Um, okay. Okay. 
who might now have surrounded the parental ward had they not long ago departed this life, what the fuck, um, in defiance of our superior mode of treatment and education enables us to speak with authority on this. In- oh, okay, so they've grown up. Okay, they haven't died. They've they grown up died. and, and he's just up. old. Right, yeah. great. Phew. Uh, on Imagine the-, the family dinners. That's outrageous. Oh, it's a lot. Mm. Um, so this is what he says enables him to speak with authority on this interesting subject. The fact that he's had 14 kids, they've grown up, moved away. Mm-hmm. And probably never speak to him. Yeah, well, <laughs> once you hear the rest of this, you might think like, oh, you're absolutely I'm right. I'm excited. I'm excited. Here we- it starts strong. Get ready. I'm ready. Never nurse your children if you can help it. Yes. <laughs> so don't breastfeed. Okay, 1846. Such a practice is quite unfashionable and consequently must be injurious to both mother and child. So because it's unfashionable, he doesn't say to whom, it must be injurious. Well, that's contrary to science's sort mm-hmm. of, anyway, whatever. That's just how it opens strong, sir. Mothers ought to commence the physical education of their children at a very early period. Every attempt must be made to improve upon nature, which, if left to itself, might result in a coarse, robust forms unworthy the offspring of fashionable mothers. So your kids might get fat if you don't make them. Do yeah, it. great. Okay. I'm glad you're there to translate because it is taking me a second it's to a lot. untangle the fucking Mate, there's a lot going on. dense way that he writes. Oh, yeah. get this. This, mm. is, this is possibly the banger, one of the second biggest banger of the mm-hmm. whole thing. Tight lacing must be resorted to as an excellent corrective of unseemly plumpness in infants. Mm-hmm. So wrapping the fuck out of them. I, my mind went to corsets. Yeah. Isn't that what lacing is? Yeah. It's so strange. Um, it has now become nothing uncommon for some unthinking medical men so doctors. Yeah, actual literal doctors. Mm. To decry this beneficial system as injurious to health. So doctors are saying it's no good. But this, this but to guy. all such silly remonstrances, you must pay no attention. So don't listen to doctors. So he, he never would have got the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Isn't he? He'd be dead. Yeah. He is dead. Um, surely you and your nurse ought know better about such things than any number of old wives in breaches. So he's calling doctors old wives in breaches. Mm-hmm for saying that tight lacing children who are fat is is actually health unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Can you believe this dude? I mean I can because okay. it's, his name's Martin and it's eighteen forty six. It's eighteen forty six. Yeah. Whenever the infant cries or looks paler than usual, these are infallible signs that medicine is required. Well I am surprised. He's getting all liberal on us here. But also I don't I don't know much about raising children. I have none but I feel like when a child cries, they don't necessarily need medicine. Not straight away, you mm. wouldn't have thought. Um, do not scruple to administer it in abundance, and for all purposes, quack medicines deserve the highest recommendation. I don't know what that means. Well, isn't quack medicine like bullshit medicine? I would have thought so. Mm. These are costly and therefore good. What the fuck? His, his logic, I feel like he's fucking with people. Do you reckon he's on opium or whatever they I, were into back then? I feel like... Honestly, he's he's a modern day teenager I'm just loving, fucking with people. I'm loving your outrage about this article. I am actually outraged. As much as I'm loving the article. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Um, many children might have been cured by their use. The only reason why all have hitherto died who devoured them is that they were all past recovery before it was administered. So quack medicines, go for it, but get in early. Oh. It won't kill you if you haven't waited too long. Yeah, right. Quack okay. medicines. When the understanding of the child begins to develop, instruct its young mind to form a proper estimate of papa. This is interesting. <clears throat> By always abusing him in its presence. I don't understand. Does that mean literally abuse your kid? I feel like it's abusing papa. Or You know, the should you? Oh, okay, yeah, maybe abuse the kid in dad's presence. Mm. Because then, because then they'll be scared of Papa oh or God. Papa, as I would say. Yes, Papa. Mm. Be tuned that it hears every curtain lecture and that nothing be omitted whereby Papa's character may be thoroughly known and despised. So he wants him to fear and despise his father. Also, we're referring to the kids as it. Yeah, we are. Great. Sick. Uh, <laughs> if Papa wishes on any occasion to chastise your child, your child, mm. not mm-hmm. the ch- his child, um, 
interfere to proven his cruelty. I don't understand that. Whatever. This will be very useful to your child in later years and unquestionably will be a capital preventative of that fear of and obedience to paternal authority, so destructive to everything like a high and proper spirit in the young. Do you understand what's happening here? Yeah, so uh, my understanding of the last sentence was that um, <laughs> was that having a really high spirit um, as a young person will destroy you, so you need to destroy that in them. Okay. That's what I read from that. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. Just uh, really, really um, insane this is stuff. Ins- it's insane stuff, right? Yeah. It's almost like trolling. Mm. It, I feel like this is troll advice. Could it be? Did people troll back then? Did people then? troll in 1846? Was this the original troll? Yeah. Like I feel like this is something someone this, would put on Facebook as a troll post. This is rage bait and it's fucking working Mate, on Mate, look at me. I'm fired up. Okay, here we I'm go. I'm really enjoying this This is thing. the best bit, okay? okay. You psyched? I mm-hmm. am. This is – I can't even – it is the duty of every affectionate mother to frighten her child by threatening to deliver them into the power of some hobgoblin or demon. <laughs> for disobedience. Eat your dinner or you're off to the hobgoblin. Yeah, for disobedience. Tell them all the pretty and interesting stories you can of ghosts and apparitions, witches and warlocks, brownies and bogles, kelpies and fairies, of naughty boys and girls being carried off by the bad man. and torn to pieces and devoured in some lonely churchyard. (laughs) It's it's deranged. It's so specific. It's like so this specific set of monsters is going to take you and it'll be in a churchyard. This this is like egg neck all over again. (laughs) Um, Okay. My God. This is good and wholesome education (laughs) and will scarcely ever be forgotten. Such information is more easily instilled into the infant mind and likely to be longer retained than what are called the higher principles of piety and morality. It is possible that there are individuals to be found who may condemn what we have said as absurd and dangerous. Maybe. (laughs) To all such, i.e. you and I, we reply, have you educated 14 infants? You can educate <laughs> you can educate 14 infants really badly. Like Exactly. You can do a really bad exactly. job of that. You've lost your fucking mind, mate. And also they've all grown up and moved away because you're a piece of shit. Like you are I, an I abusive... would assume I would assume that Martin Bramble's kids don't speak to him. It's horrible. Because they're like, Oh, remember that whole thing with being eaten by a Kelpie in the schoolyard? I know. <laughs> <Great>. Exactly. <laughs> in the churchyard. That Carried was... off by a hobgoblin. Yeah. Oh, I hope all 14 of them have broken the generational curse of that family. I, I, I certainly hope so too. There would be some trauma there. Yeah. <laughs> there will be trauma for yeah. decades. Yeah, because if they had to wear a corset when they were two years old because <laughs> they, they were fat and then as soon as they could speak, they had their spirit beaten out of them and threatened to go to an empty churchyard where you'll get torn to pieces by this assortment, oh this assortment of mythical beasts. I mean, what would the nanny say about this? You know, super nanny? Like I've seen her in modern day American households where there are three children out of control, <laughs> but they have like swimming pools and you know like. But also they would have parentified all the older kids, so the older yes. kids would have been looking after the younger kids. Oh man! Like Can in you, like the those, nightmare like on those, Elm Street that weird, this life is. Like, like those weird cult families. They all do. Yeah. Wait, is that, are we done? No, there's uh, more. Can you handle it? I absolutely can. Okay, great. When at meals, children ought to be taught to put their hands to each dish and handle every article within their reach. To refuse whatever food may not please them is scarcely a secondary consideration. Everything they cry for should be readily granted. It will give them confidence in themselves and enable you to boast with something like the truth that you have great trouble in bringing up your family. I don't know what the fuck that That means. That makes no sense. That's fucking insane. Mm. You will be sure or you are more fortunate than other women to dwell beside, oh, this is amazing, neighbours with numerous faults and failings. You will be often required in the course of your life to make many remarks, painful no doubt to you upon the careless manner that Mrs. So-and-so dresses, how Mr. Lingamy's nose is getting redder every day and that Miss Willett, what you call it, is no better than she should be. Always make such kind and edifying reflections in the hearing of your family. They will serve to destroy any fondness for scandal that may lurk in their dispositions and dispose their minds to think that their neighbours 
are better than themselves. Now, to me, this is the real scandal is the child abuse going on in this house. 100%. That's the real this scandal. This is a DV situation. I'm sorry. I think, I think the neighbours are probably just like that Martin Bramble is a psychopath. He's a psycho. And that they're just sticking their head over the fence because they're concerned about the kids. Absolutely. And, and he's and like, he, oh, let's, let's stay away from scandal. It's like you are the scandal. You are the scandal. Mate, you mm. are the problem. Yeah. Um, and also any kids that are like, can I go to the Prambles place tonight? No, you absolutely cannot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> okay, we're nearly done here. This is freaking unbelievable. This is a bit pertinent to our podcast. Um, as often as possible, let your gir- little girls listen to the praises of their beauty from your parental lips. Stu- the phrasing's ick. Yuck. <laughs> Study to make them believe that they are handsomer than all the other girls. Teach them to be fond of dress by always speaking of its charms and tell them never to wear anything but what becomes their handsome forms and sweet little faces. This advice, if acted upon, will be sure to make your daughters very fine, humble and modest young women, the beloved to every eye that can venture to gaze upon the luster of their charms. What if they're real fugly, though? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. You know, God help you if you had a fucking mind back then as a child, as a woman. Absolutely. uh, As a female. Uh, Animate a proud and gallant spirit in your boys. Fuck's sake. Encourage them to bully their sisters and beat and ill-use all the children of the (laughs) neighbourhood. It's giving – I know you're not a big Harry Potter fan, but it's giving real Malfoy manner. It is. Energy, just real mean, cruel kind of vibe. Sadistic. Yeah. Wait for this. This is the the absolute pinnacle of the story for me. Mm -hmm. Treat them, if possible, to an occasional – to occasional cockfighting or bull-baiting spectacle. Mould that to be impracticable. Instruct them in the art of kitten drowning – I'm not kidding, this is written here, and fly maiming, assuring them that insects, birds and beasts have been made for the amusement of little innocents. This has to be a troll. It has to be. Never force their inclination towards school learning. This cannot be real. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It actually But 1846, I cannot believe they published such a thing. I think cruelty to animals has always been considered a bit of a... But, like, you know when in... in, um, uh, I only know this from true crime, but in kids, the first sign of like sociopathic behavior is lack mm, of empathy, which is like hurting animals. Absolutely. I, oh my God. I know. And this is the final thing, oh which I, I don't understand. You mm-hmm. might need to help me. Speak let, slowly. Okay. Let their minds exist buoyant and free. Mm-hmm. Let them um, enter the w- great world with unbroken, unconquered spirits. Mm-hmm. Perform your duty according to those instructions. And it will go hard. I don't know what that means. But some of your family, if they live, will be so good and so much respected by their country that they will be sent out at the public expense to mend the ways of the naughty people in Botany Bay. <laughs> Do you think it's a piss take? I think it has to be. I think it's a piss take. It's, is it just saying I don't Australians think it, are absolute dog shit? I, is think, that? I think that's what it, like, sorry, the end The end for me is like this is satire. Okay. Because there is not a world in which yeah. you can encourage, because a lot of it reads as true, but as soon as it got to the drowning, the drowning thing, I'm bit. like they're taking the piss. It has to be, right? Yeah. Ab- I think so. So it's taking the piss, but it's specifically to advice to mothers. Mm. <laughs> I think it's taking the piss. It's fucking outrageous, isn't it? I think it? I have to think. That yes, it's I, th- I think piss. so too. Yeah, because that last bit on Botany Bay, they will they will be cons- if they do all of this, they'll mm. be considered so good and so much respected by their country mm-hmm. that they will be sent out at the public expense to mend the ways of the naughty people in Botany Bay. So what it's saying is the people who are living in Australia mm-hmm. in Botany Bay mm-hmm. are below what this is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what's happening. You know what I mean? So if yeah. these people are fixing the, the naughty mm, people, yeah. well, how bad are the naughty people? But I think there is, there is um, like any good social satire, it walks very close to the truth. It does, doesn't it? So it's it? very, like, it very much is like if the, like, I think the equivalent of today's article would be like. Edgelord comedians. Would be edgelord comedians writing a whole thing about like how women have to stay in the home and then we'd get really angry about it. And then by the end, if they're like, I'll oh, make sure that your son um, knows how to like decapitate animals yeah. and stuff, then we'd be like, oh, right. Okay, okay I see. Still not funny. Still you know not what funny. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't read funny either. But I mean, okay. Uh, it's just that 
I guess, yeah. I mean, maybe it's good writing because it did outrage me. You were so angry from I, the get-go. It's very funny. <sighs> I think I think there's a, a, a real grain of truth in there in that, like, uh, the girls are very much raised to be, like, sweet and yeah. humble. But now that I think back to everything through the lens right. of it being satire – it explains the 14 kids because that's just too many it's kids. It's too many kids, yeah. yeah. So I think it's a satire <sighs> of a man. It's a satire of a man saying, I have X many kids, so he- let me tell you how to raise your kids. Oh, okay. And mm. also it's taking the piss out of people who have 14 kids. Yep. Okay. And like, but also I think it also goes to show that no matter how many kids you raise, you can still be shit at it. Yes, mm. yes. So he's actually – done something quite clever here mm-hmm. oh fuck okay well he got me <laughs> because i mean i didn't know they did satire in 1846 well to be truth be told uh I chris and sarah weatherpants at gmail.com yeah. do you think this is satire i jonathan swift did satire didn't yeah, he i'm well i mean humor's been around since mm, the beginning of time I suppose. that's very it's it feels quite sophisticated it does it's very actually. it's very specific mm. um but thinking back to everything that outraged us, I'm like, this. It's they, actually it's a really clever. well done. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Okay, well, there you go. Pay that. Mm. I've got an ad. Do you want an ad? Yeah. Should we throw it in? Yeah. Okay. This is from a different thing. This is from West Wyalong Advocate. Oh, this is a this is our ad segment. A- ad segment. Ding ad segment. We're gonna read an ad from the old days. Segment. Great. Okay. West Wyalong Advocate, mm-hmm. New South Wales, um, Friday, 31st of August, 1928, page 10. If you're reading along, just turn to that. Yeah, turn yep. to page 10, guys. Um, so this is an ad for radio, Sarah. What? Yeah. Wait, what year again? 1928. Love it. Um, here is radio that is simple to operate, pleasant to listen to, handsome to look upon. Radio that enables you to forget radio while you enjoy the program. A perfect connecting link between your easy chair and dot, 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 wherever you will. Oh, Isn't that cute? That's so um, cute. And then it's like Gilfillan Genuine Neutrodyne. Harrington's Gilfillan Genuine Neutrodyne not only offers such completely satisfying radio as has been available before, but also the tremendous advantage of Harrington's service. In practically every town in your country is an authorised Harrington's dealer. He will install your set and see that it is giving you satisfaction always. Gilfillan receivers are purchasable on remarkably easy terms. Ask for details. Um, Enter Chris and Sarah Weatherpants uh, for 20% <laughs> off your Gilfillan radio <laughs> set. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask, do you remember the first thing you saw on TV or ra- or heard on radio as a kid? I mean, TV's been around since before I was born. Yeah, I know. Righto. <laughs> but radio, I remember um, I had um, a like um, little tape player, like yes. kind of like a rectangle sort of tape player that had a radio and, and a tape. And I remember um, – I remember a time when I couldn't listen to whatever song I wanted whenever I wanted. I would have to wait for it to come onto the radio and then record it on Damn tape. straight. And then when I when CD Walkmans became a thing and I got CDs, that was absolutely game-changing. Absolutely game-changing. But <laughs> I remember TV was kind of always around. Like there was always – I kind of grew up watching free-to-air TV. You know, I remember the most iconic Sunday nights were – on ABC, it was Sunday or Thursday, I can't remember, and there was a lineup of like David Attenborough, like the new, like fresh, fresh off the press, David Attenborough, yeah, um, uh, Hornblower, which is a BBC thing set on a ship, um, which is that's mm. such a shitty way to describe it, but it's a great show. And then there was um, Jonathan Creek, which is a BBC I murder mystery Creek. thing, uh, and th- I remember those three were on the same night on free to air TV, and it was just a huge night. And part of me misses that. I bet. Mm. Right? Communal TV. Did you watch it with anyone? Yeah, well, the whole family watched yeah, it. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. I miss communal TV. What about, what about you? What was the first thing the you remember first on thing TV? I ever saw on TV was yeah. a black and white appendix operation in India in 19... Well, I'm going to say 79. Wait, when was TV? Well, for me, TV um, in India mm. was about 79, 80. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's when we An got one. An appendix operation? An appendix operation. Were you just like... I was like, this is shit. I don't like TV. But <laughs> 40 years later, you're watching Grey's Anatomy being like, this is great. It's not as good as the appendix anatomy I saw 40 years ago. Notice that I skated over the word because I don't know how to say it. Appen- appendectomy? Yep. Right. yep. Um, that's 
yeah, crazy. That's crazy. And I like you. I mean, I probably can't really remember. Oh, I do remember um, the radio. I remember driving up with my parents to the Gold Coast for summer holidays one mm-hmm. time, and my and on the radio, my parents were playing the rugby league game that the Canberra Raiders won. It was like a, I'm going to say 1986 or 84 yeah, or something. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. Um, but also, yeah, like you, I would listen to the radio on a Friday night, mm. wait for my favourite song and just tape it and then make up dances to it in the corridor. But there'd be drama because you'd sometimes accidentally tape over stuff. Totally. And it was just the worst. Totally. And mm. also we used to um, um, uh, ring the radio station, my neighbour and I, Tanya, we'd We'd ring the radio station when they asked for callers um, to win shit, you know. Oh, I would, I would um, call in requests. <laughs> yes, call in requests as well. Yeah, I used to, and then you'd sit there and like for like fuck two it hours. Was fun. Yeah, I actually love that because it's more interactive. Would you believe than fucking social media? You, you know what I also miss? I miss um, I, I just can't imagine going somewhere, with and just like having to figure out how to get there. Yeah, and if you're stuck, you just stuck oh man it actually explains why like my mum and dad used to fight heaps when they had to drive somewhere (laughs) (laughs) because you've got the fucking what was the fucking maps out yeah um like the the gregory's yeah the gregory's map fucking thing and but then you'd have to be like oh shit page 25 yeah you'd have to try to like turning the page and zoom out and then if there's roadworks get fucked there's no zooming in and out and um yeah and then calculating the route if you fuck it up, yeah. Yeah. Recalculating. Okay, well, where now? You don't get anywhere. Oh, God, man. So no wonder there were fights in the car. Natural selection is going to take all of us at some point. Oh, I know. We're, we're, we're really ruined without Google Maps. I yeah. can't do anything without Google Maps. I even know the way to somewhere and I want to watch myself get there. <laughs> watch that little blue dot go along that line. Like the Marauders map. See, I um, I even if I know where I'm going, I'll put and I because I drive around a lot. Um, I put Google Maps on just so I can see if there's traffic coming up ahead. Yeah, good and I'm one. like, what will I do with that information? What will I do with that info? Like, what I can't change it. Better to know than not to know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it? Mm. I have such a specific memory, and it's it's like I can literally go back there. So I um was in my childhood room, and it must have been I want to say ninety. 97 is that when the Spice Girls were kind of big mate somewhere around mm. then and that um I'll tell you what I want what oh, I yeah. really really want came on and I'd been waiting for it all day to come on the radio and I had like my tape and I was poised <laughs> there and then um some furniture removalists were coming to deliver a new bed into my room oh god and um they came and so I had to like get out of the room or whatever and then the song came on while they were there of course and so I couldn't get to my radio oh. to record it I remember that so vividly. Oh, I was yeah. so bummed it's out. It's funny, those weird, yeah. vivid memories we had. It was so nothing. I'm I like, know. I wasn't even – I was like, I can just – the next time it comes on, I'll record it. But I just remember it being like – Totally. Oh, I weird. remember vividly writing down um, the night before I turned 10, I wrote, I am nine. And then I <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you weren't wrong. <laughs> and then waking up in the morning, crossing out and putting 10. That's big. That's I big. I remember that vividly. <laughs> I remember on my first day of school, I wrote a note for myself saying, today's your first day of school and stuck it on the side of my Aww. bedside um, that's cute. table because my brother learned to read and write and I was like, I want to do that. Oh, that's <laughs> so cute. My child Eve, when um, they finished their first week of like whatever it's called. Kindy. No, it was actually, yeah, kindy. Mm-hmm. Um, woke up Saturday morning, put the uniform on and was like, I'm ready for school. And Aww. we're like, darling, there's no school today. Oh, <laughs> It was so cute. Why the fuck would they know? I know. Like, because every day had been a weekend until. Exactly. Yeah. Adorable moment. That's That's very vivid for me, that one. So cute. Oh, God. What a great story. Right. Real twists and turns. I know. We've, we just covered a lot there. Yeah. And we fell, we we fell hook, line, and sinker for some pretty good (laughs) stuff. Well, I did. You started to twig to it. All right. Let's take a little break. Little break. Okay. And here we are. And we're back. And we're back. Back. Well, I've got a little story today with a tiny bit of research and a lot of discussion. Love it. Um, so this is from the Brisbane Courier uh, from Saturday the 18th of January, mm-hmm. 1930, uh, page 27. Um, Great. For those reading along at home. 
And this is, uh, I believe, in response to an article previously published by the newspaper. And this one is called, this letter is called Bushwoman's Courage. Mm. Sir, it is not only men who have the courage to do as Mr. George Smith did, cut off the top of a finger when bitten by a poisonous snake. About eight years ago, or a little more, one of the pioneer mothers of Amby, with a family of ten grown-up children, was bitten by a brown snake, which hung onto her finger. That happened one night when she went to see what was disturbing the fowls in the fowl house. Straight away, she got the axe, cut off the top of her finger, bitten by the snake, tied it up, and walked about five miles to a neighbour's place, who took her to the Mitchell Hospital. After staying there a couple of days, she returned home none the worse. That same mother carried, in bad drought time, one of her daughters, nine years old, a distance of nine miles, into Amby, and then by train she took her daughter to Mitchell Hospital. The child was suffering from diphtheria. This pioneer mother is well in her 60s and is strong and healthy. So much for the land. I am, and yours, Bushwoman from Amby, Brisbane, January 16. Fuck. So my, I think it's in response to a thing that's like, this is a hardcore man of the land. And then this letter's like, well. I did that. Here's this woman that I know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. Oh, man. Could you cut off your finger if you were bitten by snakes here and you were like so far from If ambulance? it's life or death, yeah. You'd just cut it off. If it, but um, I don't reckon I could. So just for some context, Amby, have a guess of the um, population of Amby. It's, it's uh, in rural Queensland. Uh, have a guess of the population of the 2016 census. Oh, would it be, um, let's say, something ridiculous like um, 300? 86. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a really, really regional yeah. town of 86. Um, and uh, this is in the Depression as well. Queensland was hit particularly hard by unemployment, got up to twelve, like almost something like 12%. Um, but also, fun fact that I learned, and again, this is me getting off topic, um, Queensland passed uh, the Income Unemployment Relief Tax Act. Um, nope, not that one. Wait, I've got it here somewhere. Anyway, um, Unemployed Workers Insurance Act, that right. They were the first and only Australian state with the schemes to support unemployed workers. My God. That's just a fun fact for you that I found. Yeah, so during the Depression. So like, kind of like now, if you don't have a job, you can still get some sort of money from the um, government. Oh, my God. Anyway, so it is the Depression and um, – uh, I just thought that was a really extraordinary story and I wanted to – yeah, I was going to be like, how would you be in that situation? Follow-up question, have you yeah. ever seen a brown snake in the wild? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. This will be a really good one for our overseas listeners who will probably convince yeah. Australia is full of – Terrifying beasts. Yeah. And it is. Mm-hmm. Like I, on many occasions, walking up Red Hill in the back of – like where I used to live in Canberra mm-hmm. – um, it's a bush like reserve so there's tall dry grass and Mm. in summer when it's warm enough for snakes to be getting about they do and Mm. you do see them and just for people who aren't as familiar with snakes they're not kind of just around no but if you are in the bush uh they love they love a a hot rock Mm. or like a warm path so they will sun themselves in the middle yeah and they are scared of us so they will generally if they hear you they'll get out of the way but it's if you accidentally step on them that it's dangerous. When I lived in India, there were cobras, you know, and they're very venomous. Oh, that's right. You told that story. Yeah, on, <laughs> yeah, on the stairs. But, like, yeah. I used to climb boulders with my friends all the time and it was just boiling hot, hot rocks, lots of crevasses. Mm. For, and they did. There were snakes everywhere. Yeah. I didn't see – I don't remember seeing cobras in the wild. I just okay. remember seeing one on my front steps. That's so good. I've actually and never – And in baskets with men playing – songs to him on the, the recorder. The whole thing's bizarre. But I um, I have never seen a brown snake in the wild. I saw a red belly black snake mm. and I, I'm an animal nut. Love so I, I, I actually, when people have pet snakes, I love holding them. They're so, they're so beautiful. I've done it. I've held a, a, an olive python. This, aren't they beautiful? Um, I liked it for a little while, but then mm. I got very tense. Okay. And I think also uh, the guy who owned the snake was fucking with me and said – um, they know when you're tense, so you better relax. And I was like, that's a horrendous thing. Were you, were you a kid? No, no, no. I was 30 something years old. <laughs> I was going to like, that's such a cruel thing to say to a child. Mm. Um, <coughs> oh my goodness, excuse me. But I was just very taken with the idea of this woman, 10 kids, um, the um what I assume are chickens are going a bit mental. She's like, all right, what the fuck's going on out here? Takes yeah. this brown snake and it latches onto her finger 
and she cuts it off. I think you would be able to cut off your finger if it was life or death. I, I really wonder about that, Sarah. I also don't know if, if medically speaking it's the right thing to do. I don't think it is. I think you're supposed to um, wrap it. Compress like re- and- Yeah, compress, mm. stop the blood mm. from flowing. Um, it just makes me think of those people who can endure and press on. You know, have you ever watched that documentary? Now, I'm not going to remember the name, but it's a true story of – Basically, these two friends who were like mountaineers, they used mm-hmm. to go into the snow and mm-hmm. climb and s- s- um, ski and everything. Anyway, they one of them f- – this was like I think the 90s and there was a brilliant documentary made about it with interviews mm-hmm. and everything. One of them fell down a, a huge crevasse <gasps> in, like in the snow. fuel. And they were attached to each other by this long rope, right? <gasps> And because the other one left up the top could barely hold this guy's weight, knowing he was dangling there, couldn't hear him because the guy had passed out or something because he hit his head or something on the way down. He's dangling there, unconscious, as I recall. So he cuts the fucking rope because otherwise he's going to – what? What, they'll both go. They'll both go, yeah. So he cut the rope. Not knowing what happened to his friend, he makes his way back to their camp – He's beside himself. He tells people, I think they try and send out a search party. Anyway, this is what I'm leading to. It's that grit and Mm. determination to survive. What happened? So this is what happened. Okay. This guy, he's fucked up in 17 ways. Like he's broken a leg. The over the crevasse guy. The guy who actually fell. He's still alive. (gasps) What? Yeah, he's still alive. So he dropped to the ground. Um. Or he slid like he, mm. I don't know. Anyway, he comes out the bottom of the motherfucking crevasse, at like in snow, and he starts making his way back to, by crawling over snow and ice. And the way he did it, because it's too big a thing to to bite off all by one, right? So he did it into little. Po- so he basically, oh my God. no, 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 not literally. Like the the journey, he made it. He he would looked at the thing closest to him, and he goes, "I'm going to get to that by by sundown. Wow. I'm going to get to that by the you know." And and he just kept setting an an achievable goal, and he fucking on the last night that the guy stayed, his other mate stayed at the fucking camp. The very last night, because he was leaving the next morning, that guy woke up and heard a sound in the night and went out and found him. <gasps> Can you believe it? Actually, I genuinely. It's the most extraordinary story. I wish I could remember what it was called. We'll put it. We'll find it. Put it in the the show notes. But it was so fucking amazing, Sarah. But they fell out. They fell out because because of what happened. They fell out as friends. If that was me and you, and I was the one dangling, I wouldn't blame you for cutting me off. Yeah, you say that. I just how like how I know. You know, it's like know, it's better than I one don't person. Think it's better that one person survives mm, than two. I know, but that's all rational. You know mm. what I mean? Humans are not rational. But there was no way if there was no physical way for the guy at the top to get out of the situation. I think the thing is that the person on the other end sees it differently and thinks that there must have been a way. You know, like it's easy to project and say it coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, and so they really cut at each other in the I think, documentary. I think it's a yeah. As I recall, it's been a while since I saw it. Um, yeah, it was a bad vibe and it was, yeah, a powerful fucking story, right? That is. And also what the, the, the very obvious metaphor of just like get to the next thing and then eventually exactly, you'll get there. Exactly. Oh, wow. So yeah, with the cutting off the finger of the snake business. But also that, that's like this big epic story that I'm sure made international mm. headlines. This is just a woman in a, I know. in a farmyard, you know. It's who, the same. Who went to just like look after her chickens. It's and the it's, same brain power though. Mm. An extraordinary courage. Mm. I can't imagine how much courage it takes to literally cut off your own finger and no. then walk five miles to your neighbour's house. No. And not just give up. I guess, honestly, if you're caring for children, mm. um, and I think it's been documented, and mothers do have extraordinary strength mm. when a child is threatened or mm. something. Um, and, like, they lift cars and shit. Isn't this yeah, true? I think so. Um, I'd love to find evidence of that. But... Um, I've never lifted a car, but then again, I'm not a mother. No, so. me either, though. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had to. That's true. Um, and may I never have to? Please, I God. Just, I don't want to land in a situation where I have to lift a car. You know what I mean? You I know, like, to is ask. it too much to ask? <laughs> it's 2023. Like the um, 
This is this is similar, uh, but not. I listened to Would You Believe It a podcast the other day. I think I was just I think I was scrambling for podcasts because mm. I was on a drive somewhere, and I ended up on this um, survival kind of right. thing. And ba- it was a sim- very similar story. They um, a ke- couple of skiers. Apparently, this is very common, and to me, it just sounds terrifying. They go backcountry skiing, so they go to. Um, uh, just, you know, middle of nowhere, sort of back of mountains, like that aren't yeah. ski resorts, that aren't sort of, you know, mapped out paths. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of just wild country. And these two guys, uh, and I want to say Canada, but I'm not totally sure that's where it was, maybe the US somewhere, um, uh, go for – do it all the time, really experienced skiers. Um, they disturbed a, a hibernating bear. Oh, God. And so uh, they they went over her or whatever happened and, and, and she woke up and um, – she was a bear with a sore head. Yeah, got a hold of one of the guys. <gasps> and I think he was hanging on by an absolute thread. Oh, my God. And so there was this whole series of events where his, he sort of, I think, got dragged off and then came back. And I'm telling the story wrong, but long story short, this other mate had to stay there with him as he was like – sort of bleeding out they both survived they somehow got away from the bear this guy this guy managed this other the friend who wasn't mauled managed to scare the bear off because it kept coming for them i think he did you know he's obviously experienced and knows what to do and then there was this like they were obviously out of reception so there was a satellite phone they called um and the nearest rescue place was like 45 minutes away but the rescue helicopter was away somewhere else doing drills so then they had to wait several hours for yeah they had to wait several hours for the rescue helicopter to come back and then land there and then um they couldn't find them on the hill and there was just thing after thing after thing that just didn't that just went wrong and yeah and yet both these people survived and then his medical bills were astronomical but oh. i think um they were all crowdfunded and it's just yeah can you just it's about hope isn't it it's about it really fucking is. maintaining hope in mm. the absence of any reason to that's true yeah right the one thing you can try and control is keeping hope and i think there are people that do that in their lives every single day i think day, there are too you know and we don't hear well, about there are. it yeah well they're literally i think mm-hmm. we don't hear about it but um, yeah, I just, I really liked this story. I thought it was just, I just, it, 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 it was a little story that was on it's the side of a bigger story powerful. that I was reading. And I was just like, I just, she just did what she needed to do. You know, she, she walked five miles and then got a train and, uh, this and that. I'm going to say that is a very, um, like iconic mother story mm. and it is an iconic woman from Australia story. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Wow. I imagine, I, and I don't know, but I imagine the story it's responding to was like some like uh, bush ranger hero kind of story yeah. that some guy who survived made on the, the land. headlines. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Made the headlines, and then there's this other. There are these like much quieter yeah. stories. Um, Fucking amazing. It reminds me a bit of um, and I can't remember what the quote was, but from our from my inspirational quote story last week, there was something mm. there was something in there about like you know just quiet lives. Yeah, that's right. Sort of thing. Oh that, yeah. God, that was good. Can I also just say, I really love chickens. Yeah, right. Like when I was a kid and we would go to our friend's farm to to kind of look after it while they were away, I would quite literally sit cross-legged in the chicken house and just hang out with them. Really? I find them very peaceful, like their their little clucking. I like their little sound. Very, very sweet. And they're just just looking around pecking and they'd come and sit on me Mm. and their feathers are so soft. True. And they are very good about food scraps. They'll help you out with them. And they make eggs. They do make eggs. Did you know that? That's, mm-hmm. that's for free. Huge fan of them. <laughs> Huge fan. Big fan. I, in fact, I've eaten eggs today. I I have not. Well, okay. So not a real fan. Not a poser. Not a true fan. Bandwagon. Not not <laughs> yeah. Not an only fan <laughs> <laughs> of eggs. Um, I have to pause this for one moment. You just have to let me. Oh. All right. What was it called? Okay, it was called Touching the Void. That film Great. that I was banging on about, made in two thousand three. True story. I don't know where people find it, but it's, it's fucking incredible. Wasn't that a big thing? When it it came was out? a big deal. Mm. Yeah. Um, I also just wanted to, uh, unrelated to mm. that, uh, I did have this tab up, um, but uh, how to uh, what to do if you get bitten by a brown snake? Would you would you be able to guess? Okay, I think you don't move. That's. So correct. Um, you absolutely um, – you wrap the fuckery out of the wound. So basically mm-hmm. you prevent the direction of blood flow to the heart. Mm-hmm. So if the wound is on an extremity like your hands or arms or legs, mm-hmm. you – above the wound, like between the wound and the heart, you mm-hmm. start wrapping the fuck out of it. Pressure immobilization bandage, very good. Mm. Uh, and you obviously ring for help. 
Yeah. I, as you know, I go on a fair few hikes and there, mm. there is a point in every hike where I think if one of us was written, but been by brown snake, the only way out is by helicopter. Yeah. Cause most hikes, like we go like into a gorge and then back out. And at the bottom I'm like, do you have an EPIRB? Like a personal beacon? No, but we have a snake blanket. <laughs> oh my God. What is a snake <laughs> no, blanket? No, we have a, we have a, um, a safety, there's, we have a whole safety kit. Okay. Um, but one of the, uh, no, snake bandage for this exact purpose. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, I don't think that's going to make a difference. I mean, you'd have to carry them out otherwise. That's, there is always a point where I'm just like, if one of us broke our leg, the only way out is by yeah. a helicopter. Oh, wow. Always, um, do, do you have reception in all the places you go on your phones? Uh, SOS reception, yeah. Okay. In okay. Most, in most of them. Okay. I think. Oh my God. Um, but uh, some of them are pretty obvious. Uh, you want to get the person away from the snake, but also I don't think the snake's hanging around. If there's a ton of people screaming, no. But you, didn't, don't they also say identify the snake? Try yeah. and identify yeah. where it is, so uh, they can get the anti venom. Ensure they rest and help them stay calm. No, I don't think anyone's staying calm in this situation. Oh my god! Follow the steps of basic first aid. Call triple zero. Um, try calling one one two if triple zero. If you're out of reception and triple zero doesn't work, one one two. One one two. Seriously, that's probably like some extra okay. additional SOS thing. Right. Uh, apply prep- presser mobilization bandage. Um, Importantly, do not wash the bite area. Ah. They need the venom to identify yep. the snake. Do not apply a tourniquet, a strap to stop blood flow. Oh. So I think the pressure mobilization bandage is different from a okay. tourniquet. Oh, a tourniquet is with a stick or something to straighten the limb? Uh, no, uh, oh. I think a tourniquet is like a belt where you like try and completely cut off the blood oh, flow. Oh, yes. Mm. I learnt about that in mm. the Middle East. Yep. Uh, do not cut the wound and do not try and suck the venom out. Oh, God. Um... And if you have severe anaphylaxis, I don't know if that's going to be a problem because I think you've been bitten by a prince. You're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but I always think that. I'm always like there's a point in every hike where like you're 12Ks in or whatever and yeah. you're like this is this is the end of the world. You're at the point of no return. That's mm. what pilots call like when you don't have enough petrol to get back. Yeah. Well, not oh. petrol, but whatever they put in but planes. At the, but at the same time, we always have the conversation. Every single hike is what would we do if a tomorrow when the war began situation happened oh, right now? Oh, yes. And that takes up three hours of any hike. I need to watch that film, I think. I've not seen it. Is it brilliant? Have you read the book? No. It's uh, – I want to say – I'm going to get it wrong, but I want to say um, – Tomorrow when the war begins. I think I'd just watch the film. Have, is the film any good? Uh, the Australian film? Yeah. John Marsden. That's who I was going to say, okay. but I didn't want to get it wrong because that would be – they'd kick me out of the country mm-hmm. if I got that wrong. Uh, the film's great. The books are outstanding. Okay, right. Um, and But if, you have, if you're not familiar with Tomorrow When the War Began, it's like a, um, a young adult sort of fiction. Yeah. Really, really good about a bunch of kids who are off on a camping trip and then the country gets sort of uh, militarily invaded while they're there and then they have to figure out how to, like, save their town and what to do. That is it, such a great premise. Mm. I, I actually would find that fascinating. I just love in all these films – they did it in Top Gun as well. They keep who the enemy is really vague. Mm. They don't make it a specific country. It's mm. just some sort of, you know, military force. But um, we always we always talk about how, like, if we're, well, you know, in, in a gorge in the Blue Mountains or whatever and, and we saw yeah. a ton of military aircraft mm. fly over, like, what do we do? And yeah. It's really, really fun because I have no survival skills. Like, I just Me either. Now. I'd definitely try and get back to my family. <laughs> and be like, what's going on, guys? You all right? <laughs> um, but, Yes. Wow. We have covered a bit of ground today. We've covered so much ground. And I feel like it was good ground. I feel like it was powerful ground. Yeah. I feel like we went we went somewhere that we weren't expecting to go. It was a journey. And we're just reviewing our own podcast <laughs> now. Oh, this is important and mm. this is important. Firstly, mm. um, if you listen every week, we appreciate you. Uh, we really, really do. We know that there is a lot of you who listen every single week. Um, and it means a lot to us. What would also mean a lot to us is if you could go onto your podcast provider of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen, and leave us a five-star review on that provider. You can do it by going to the homepage of our podcast and leaving a review, um, or just the five stars is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means a lot to us, and it also helps us get up in the podcast rankings as yeah. well. The more reviews we have, um, the more visible our podcast is. And the more people who listen, the more chance we have of someone big going, oh, we'll take you under our wing. Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go under her wing. Yeah. Any day. Dame Judy Dench. I mean, they absolutely have nothing to do with the world of podcasting, as they shouldn't, but I'd take it mm, if I they would. were offering. Yep. 
Um, thanks for being with us. We love hanging out with you. This It makes us all um, happy to, and it feels worthwhile. Yep. And don't forget we have live shows coming up in Canberra and Newcastle. November 5 and 17. Yep. Tickets on Instagram at Chris and Sarah Weatherpants in our bio there. Okay. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahweatherpants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahweatherpants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.